Welcome to Politics and Right. This is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Hey, guys. Did you guys listen to You Talk today? Uh, I mean, it was great listening to El Señor Steve. Uh, Steve Jolly. He was talking about immigration. You know, my music is still playing. So, you know, it's almost like I'm having an epiphany right now. All right, all right, all right. It goes down, and it's going down, and it's going down. Anyway, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. Don't forget, guys, always listen to that talk show. You talk at 8 a.m. Central Time on KPFT. Steve Jolly has a great show. I was honored to be, on, um, to be one of the guests on his show today with a couple of other people. It was really great. I had some fun. We were talking immigration and many other stories, but we have a lot of other stories to talk about today. But beforehand, I just want to bring up the immigration issue, um, and that is a lot of people are raising a lot of hell about immigration. They, they are concerned that the borders are overflowing, etc. Unfortunately, folks, it's a very political thing. We could absorb all of those that are heading over the border right now. We have so many jobs available right now. These guys would not only be great for our economy, they would be great for ensuring that we have the productivity that will ensure prices don't have to be as high as they are. Immigration is a good thing, and they are making it political. Let me tell you, America doesn't have the birth rate that's sufficient to pay you Social Security. America doesn't have the birth rate sufficient to make sure our foreign goods are taken care of. America doesn't have the birth rate for any of that. We need immigration. Anything else that you hear about immigration, about any negativity that you hear about immigration, when you hear about the coyotes, when you hear about the illegal drugs and all of that, we don't want any of that. We don't. But the reality is, people, we need people. We need a lot of people. Right now in America, I think there's like a $10 million uh, buffer with jobs that we could fill right now. And think about that. If you have 10, more, 10 million more people in your workforce, it's actually a multiplicative effect. Because for everybody that comes over here that needs a job and gets a job, they also need an apartment, a washer, a dryer, a car, and all these other things. All these things are great for our country. Immigration is essential. Immigration is a net positive. Immigration would make us the envy, a strong immigration policy would make us the envy of the world. Unfortunately, we have allowed many to demagogue this situation. And by the way, I just want to let you guys know the show today isn't about immigration. I have a, a, a full show for you, but after getting on the phone with uh, El Señor uh, Steve Jolly, he really touched, the, the commentary on that program really touched me, and I wanted to talk about it. So it seems that Ricardo is ready to talk, so let's go ahead and bring Ricardo into the fold. How are you doing, Ricardo? All right. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Talk to me, sir. Yeah, I got a point about immigration. Yes, sir. The only Americans in the United States 
are American Indians. That the is true. The is run in immigration. Yes. Everybody. Yes. And the tenant, they're all immigrants. I don't know why they have such a big fuss about immigration. Well, let me tell you, uh, it's because it's a scary thing. Okay, in other words. America, when the, when, the, when the pilgrims, and, and by the way, a lot of people just think of America as the pilgrims came and everything was nice. and No, that's not how it happened. Before the pilgrims, there was Jamestown. And, I mean, there are a lot of people coming to America, taking land. All that kind of stuff occurred for a long time. And you're absolutely right. The originals right now in our time space is, in fact, the indigenous people, the native people here. And everybody else are, are immigrants. But even the native people at some point in time apparently were immigrants over that land bar- barrier that was was there during the ice age so you know there's a lot to talk about there go ahead sir yeah i mean they all complain about immigration we got too many people in the front in the border and the way i look at it is like you said earlier we got plenty of jobs and jobs that american people don't want right but you know you know what's interesting ricardo it's not only jobs Americans don't want. Even if they want it, right? Here's the deal, Ricardo. If we bring a lot of people over, right? Guess what that does? It means we need more washers, dryers, apartments, cars, clothes. There is so much to really zoom our economy up with these people that are coming in who most of them have a strong work ethic. And you say, Ricardo? Yeah. I mean, I know people that are engineers, for example, in Venezuela, and they work in the fast food joint. Yes. Because, you know, just to survive. Yes. And people complaining that, oh, immigration, we're letting too many people in and all this. And like you said earlier, it boosts the economy. Yeah. And, and, and that is, and, and the thing about it, though, Ricardo, is, that is we have to have more people like you and others telling the story. Uh, what I started to explain to folks is the math is not enough. La arithmetica is not sufficient, right? We have to talk about, we have to talk about, you know, nobody's, you know, I mean, when, when, when uh, the Europeans came to the United, to, to America, they came to conquer. These people that are coming over the border just want a job. They just want to contribute to society. Job they, and a, a right life. I mean, exactly. they're all coming from wannabe communist countries or... Not communist, but they act like they're communist. Right. Well, you know, that's a whole other discussion on, on, that's on that. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah that's a but, whole other you know, issue. They're, that, they're running that, from something. Right. They're running from something that is not good for them, and they're coming to supposedly the land of the free. Yes, and you know, it's interesting because when I was uh, talking to Steve Jolly this morning at 8 o'clock, and don't forget, listen to Steve Jolly at 8 o'clock on You Talk. Great show. But um, uh, Believe me, 90% of the day I'm on a... KPSD. You're a good man. <laughs> You're a good man, Ricardo. You're a good man. But yeah, so and anyway. I, I love I love your show, and I was stationed in Panama for three years. Oh, really? Of my life. And yeah. Which one, Atlantic side or Pacific side? I got two. Both sides. Okay, both sides. Okay, oh. great. Yeah, I was in Cancun, but I used to go to Kobe all the time. Yes. Train people. Right. And stuff, and the ranges. Mm-hmm. And I watched from a long distance because I already got out. But when we supposedly lost the lease, as they call it. Right, the 99 year lease, so right? The 99 year to perpetuity yeah. lease. Look what yeah. happened. The United States had to step in and stop the Chinese from buying all the properties because they wanted fishing fleets. Yes. And, well, you know, and you know who like, owns a port, right? China, China owns one of the ports. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All the fish that we catch, 
on that side of the world yes. are going to China. Yes, yes. So, I mean, there, there's a lot that need. I mean, if we, if we really took interest into having good immigration policy, having these people from all over the Americas come and form part of that diaspora right here in, in America, just think about the influence without a military we have throughout these areas. You know? Yeah. But anyhow, anything else you want to add, Ricardo? No, you got it together. I'll keep listening to the rest of the show. Thank you, my brother. You have a wonderful rest of your day, sir. You too, buddy. All right, folks. You know, uh, when I started the show today, first of all, I want to go ahead and give Tori Mercer. Thank you so kindly for running the boards and the phone for me. Uh, anything oh, you welcome. want to add to the discussion, sir? Well, what he reminded me of is the concept of active underdevelopment. I mean, that's a history of colonialism. You know, there was no added value in any of the products coming from, from the South, yeah. any of the colonialized countries from Europe or, you know, America's colonies. And so that's where, I mean, it was reinforced by law under development. And, you know, the neocons are doing it. And that's why people are coming up here. I, I, need to, I need to expand on that. And again, I say we have another subject, but this is an important subject as well. When you talk about uh, underdevelopment and when you talk about exporting from, the, from all these other countries, it is important for people to understand. America gets its bananas. America gets its, a lot of its vegetables. With the, the, Remember the, what's the name of the company? United uh, Fruit. United Fruit. And uh, they get their bauxite and all these other goods that they get as raw materials from these places. They bring it to the United States and other places and they add value to it. And people who add value to raw material actually have richer economies because you're not just depleting your natural resources or selling natural resources raw. You're putting intellect and all of that into a product. Your, your economy thrives. That's why America has, thri has thrived. That's why countries like even China is thriving right now because you're adding value. Go ahead, Tori. Well, when I speak of active underdevelopment, this is a 500-year policy of Spain and France and England and then later on the U.S. Uh, in the islands, for instance, in the Caribbean, it was illegal for the slave plantation owners to go fishing to feed their slaves. They had to import dried salted cod from the North Atlantic because imperialism and colonialism is all about supporting the mother country. Uh, same thing in New Spain, in Mexico. Mm -hmm. They could have cattle ranches. But they couldn't process the leather. The leather had to be all sent back to Spain to turn into saddles and boots and hats and chaps. It was illegal in Spanish Mexico to make a saddle or boots, you know, because that's added value. So it's all about just extracting raw materials. And, after, and then taking the saddles made in Spain, sending them back to the cattle ranches in At Mexico an cost, to, yeah. to an increased cost, you know. Well, so, look, I'm glad that you, you explained that because I, I knew about the added value. I didn't know the specificity, as you mentioned it there. And active underdevelopment. There you go. And, and folks, that is why you, we, we have programs like this. Uh, Bruce Pollard is in the house, or rather not in the house. Bruce Pollard is on the, the chat uh, listening to uh, Politics Done Right as well. Anyhow, folks, so uh, again, I just wanted to kind of cement that into people's uh, mindset right now. Immigration is a good thing, and it's an increase in, uh, in economic activity. And do not, it isn't something to be feared. Uh, people use a lot of nativist rhetoric. People use a lot of racial rhetoric whenever they're talking about these mostly brown people coming from across the border. Look, there is absolutely nothing to worry about because this 
I don't like to use melting pot. I like to use salsa. This salsa here needs all of us. And you know what? When you have a salsa that has all that good stuff in it, there's no better flavor. So anyhow, folks, give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Please don't wait till the end to call because you know I so love hearing your voice more so than me just talking a narrative. Yes, I always prepare for you guys, but I much prefer hearing what you want to talk about, hearing what you have to say. Because that is what makes it worth it. The title of the show today is called, The Answer to These Questions Can Make Us Who We Want to Be. We cannot solve our problems without answering a few profound questions. Understand the why leads us to solutions that we create. It seems like we have Ronnie on the line. Come on in, Ronnie. Oh, uh, yes. Hi. How are you doing? I am doing hey, fine, I'm sir. On your, on your immigration issues. Yes, sir. You know, people that I've talked to about the immigration, it's, it's not that the people want to come over here for a better life uh -huh. and all that. We all understand that. It's just the way it's being, the way it's being done. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're, you know, just the, the influx of them. There's just too many of them at one time, and they right. cannot be handled. And there's so much other than just people coming over here for a better life. That oh. is our. That is my big issue. Is you know you don't know what's coming over here, and we all know that. I that. I, I, let me address that. that. Is, let me address that. Sure. You you know you are absolutely right that we don't know specifically what's coming over here when you have a, a, a whole bunch of people coming over at the same time. And also what happens, Ronnie, is, yes, you're going to get some bad eggs in there. But, you know, we also have a hell of a lot of bad eggs here, and we also export a lot of bad eggs overseas. So, I mean, I think that all evens out. The reason you have the crazy at the border right now is that we don't have a sensible policy to bring folks in that's number number. That is one item, and the other item is for the things that no, you don't we see. Have a sensible policy. It's Whoops. called legal immigration. Okay, uh, Barry, hold on a second. I'm I'm gonna let. You, I'll talk to you afterwards. But uh, the other thing that we don't have, uh, Ronnie, is yes. we have policies in these other countries that most Americans don't know about. That had they known that, let's let's give an example with Guatemala. Guatemala had land policies that they were that they were having to sustain the farmers, etc., so that they could be self-sustaining there. And we, over here in America, we called it socialism, and we couldn't let that type of uh, policies go into effect. And therefore, those people that would have been self-sustaining with the land uh, reform that they were going to have that had an effect on food some of the, our multinational food companies left people without sustenance. And what people without sustenance do, they try to take care of their family. So it's it's not a, it's not complicated. It's it, but it, it is it, there is a reason for why this is occurring, and we are not innocent in that in the reasons this is occurring. Is what I'm saying, Ronnie. And again, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I understand all that, but like I said, it's it's just we don't have a grip on the immigration system, and that our. Our current administration mm -hmm. don't care. I don't. Uh, let me, let me, I don't think it is that they don't care. I think it is that they don't have a solution, Ronnie. But and I and even the solution that that Biden showed up with yesterday 
isn't really a solution, as I kind of explained on the uh, You Talk show at 8 a.m. in the mornings. So, But anyhow, Ronnie, keep listening because I think you're going to hear a lot. So keep listening to the show. Thank you for calling in. Okay, brother? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great one. All right, let's go to Barry. Barry, come on in, brother. Barry, you're on. Yes, sir. Barry, you're on, brother. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we do have a sensible immigration policy. It's called legal immigration. Okay. And why should the Asians and Africans who stand in line for years and pay thousands of dollars to get here the right way and take a back seat to people swarming across the border on an invasion mm-hmm. of a third world country that cannot wow. benefit America? Let's... I think that this idea of, of taxes needs to be ran by a group called FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They read a $50 billion deficit. The bleeding heart liberals read a $50 billion mm. surplus. So somebody's lying somewhere. Wow. Where do you get your information, and, uh, Barry? I, I want to go to my favor. I want to go to my backup team here. Okay. Starting with Mr. Frederick Nietzsche, Gene uh, Alexander Morrow's book three. Well, he said that, but no greater or more calamitous misunderstanding is possible than for the happy, well-constituted, powerful in soul and body to begin to doubt their right to happiness in this fashion, i.e. America. Away with this inverted world. Away with this shameful emasculation of feeling that the sick should not make the healthy sick. And this is what such an emasculation would involve, should surely be our supreme concern on earth. Okay. The unwashed, uncivilized cannot civilize the West. I mean, the West cannot civilize the unwashed third world. Mm. But the unwashed, uncivilized third world can decivilize the West. Mm. Wow. Okay, uh, let me stop you right there. You're bringing in in a race car by these poor little brown people. Well, if they're brown, that's their problem. Okay, let me tell you, Barry, Barry, Barry. Okay, Barry, let me me just say, okay, um, uh, I don't know where you're from. I don't know what your upbringing is. That's where I'm from. Reason doesn't have a home. let, Let me just say that that you are entirely and completely wrong. And not only you are you Frederick Nietzsche? Uh, I'm saying what you just said. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care where that came from. Okay. Let me tell you this. Guess what? Let me tell you something, brother. Okay. There are there's a lot of literature out there that is bunk, and I, and I'm talking from learned people out there. I mean, let's let's look at what they thought about the the the, the principles no, of species and all of that. They thought about illegal immigration first. I don't know. I don't there's need legal, to. Sir, legal way to get to America. Brother, brother, let me tell you this, okay? What was the legal way for the pilgrims to get here? What was the legal no, way for Jonestown to come? No, I don't care if it's now, but the same thing, I mean, they could have said, somebody could have told yeah, them that then, sir. So let's be frank here, all right? Okay, uh, so the, the border stays open forever now? Again, you are, you are using maximal, primordial, childish thinking, sir. Listen to what no, I'm saying. I'm using the thinking that the civilized world. Okay, I tell you what, Barry. I'm going to go to B right now. Let me just tell you this. No, don't hang him up yet. Don't hang him up yet. Let me just say this, Barry. Barry, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. You stay listening to the show. You will learn something. Have a wonderful day. I wasn't going to talk immigration, but it seems like people want to talk it, and you guys own this show. Thank you so kindly, brother Barry. You keep listening, and you can call back later. Thank you, brother. All right, B, come on in. B, you're on. Uh, line four, is that uh, is, is he not there anymore? Or the person named B, I'm going to give you till four. One, 
two, three, four. Let's go to Shannon. All right, Shannon, come on in. Shannon, you're on. Turn your radio down, please, my dear friend. Shannon. All right, Keith, come on in. Okay, I see she's uh, she's probably on hold here. Shannon, come on in if you have something to say, or we'll have oh. to. Yeah, go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, please turn your radio down, my dear lady. Oh, I did. I did. Sorry, I'm driving. Yes. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what he was saying. He, I, he was talking so quickly. Uh, but uh, I think uh, some people have the uh, immigration, of course. That's what everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't understand why the U.S. doesn't do kind of like a point system like they do in other countries, like in Australia and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into, if I wanted to go live in Australia, mm-hmm. I would have to, I would have to uh, satisfy, it's like 110 points. Right. And they give you points based on, do you, you know, do you, do you know how it works? You know, if you speak English, right. you, you have get, X amount you of get wealth. like 10 yeah. points. If right. your spouse speaks English, this type of thing. I don't understand why we don't, you know, if you've worked at a, in a technical job for 10 years or five years or, mm-hmm. you know, you get different amount of points. And I don't understand why we don't do something like that. And then, but also have a system where, you know, asylum people are, who are actually in, 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 in desperate need. Because I heard uh, Biden talk about this app that, that they're putting out. And it's like, it's never enough. Everybody's pushing, pushing, pushing. And there's, in, in her argument, she's saying, okay, well, that's not enough because there's people that speak these, these uh, you know, rare dialects that mm-hmm. don't, that don't, that can't even speak Spanish. And so they can't use the app. And it's like, you know, at some point you have to say, you know, the, you, there has to be a little bit of, 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 um, of value that they will bring to the country in a way, you know, I mean, everybody does bring value if they're going to work, but if, if you can't even speak Spanish or English or anything, you know, I think that's an issue. And like my daughter, when she was in elementary school, she had, she had done early pre-K and I wanted her to, to go into the Spanish class and all Spanish class in first grade. Mm -hmm. So she could learn Spanish. And they were like, no, she can't, she can't go into the. Why? Oops. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, why, you know, why can't she get into the, why can't she go in there? Because they have to add more and more Spanish-speaking teachers at her at the public school to accommodate all the kids who can't speak any English. Right. They speak zero English. No. And so. Go what? ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm just like, these are these are the kind of issues that that that, that makes people say, okay, we ha- we need some kind of system where people really want to come to America. They need to have some basic, they either need to be able to speak Spanish or they need to be able to speak English. You know, it would help if they, if they wanted to come, that they could, if they made an effort of learning a little bit of English, you know, because it, it does tax the system to bring in more teachers and more resources and put signs in, in, in this language and then train police officers to learn other languages or have bilingual, have bilingual, trilingual, you know, you know, it, it does um, put a strain on things and it doesn't always get paid. You know, it, it's not always like a balance. Let me, let me tell you, first of all, um, Shannon, because I, I don't hear any animosity in your 
voice or anything like that. You want to have good immigration policies that, that's benefited the person who is in, in, in dire needs as well as uh, make sure that it's a positive for America. Nobody wants anything to be a negative for America. So you're, I am with you 100%. As far as all the issues you brought up, they're all legitimate issues that we need to handle. As far as the languages are concerned, let's just give an example to uh, uh, about the people that are going through hell in Ukraine. Uh, you you never you you won't hear something that says well they only speak Ukrainian no English or anything of that sort and I agree with that I think they should uh, for somebody in dire straits should have the ability to come to America as well if we have people coming from Venezuela who well all Venezuelans speak Spanish they don't have a dialect it's, what happened is that there are some indigenous people in Guatemala and and uh, Mexico and these places that they do have a dialect of their own, Mayan, Aztecan, or, or what, I don't know the, the, the particular name of, of those dialects. And yes, uh, I, if, if they are going to come over here, we have to uh, take into consideration, like you said, uh, how do we get that mitigated, right? So look, the thing about it is nobody nobody's doing what needs to be done to make it a smooth process you came up with a point the point you said why don't we adapt some sort of a point system for regular immigration as they do in australia and these other countries i agree the thing about it uh is we have to talk about it in the right fashion and not talk about it as barry has which in sort of a demeaning i'm from the third world shannon and, you know, if I didn't have a thick skin and don't worry about what people say, I would think that uh, Brother Barry thinks of me as just a dog. In other words, um, you know, I am not human. Uh, you know, those third world countries. You see what I'm saying? I heard none of that in your voice. Yeah. Well, America has, is, thir is third world in a lot of ways, too. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> we got some third world, um, you know, like the insurrection that happened. Oh, that kind of stuff tell happened me in about it, girl. World. You tell me yeah. about that, girl. Come on. You know, but that is so true. Anything else you want to add, Shannon? And by the way, I really like the, you know, wh what you had to say because what you had to say adds meat to the kinds of things that we would need to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I know that immigration, nobody really wants it to get fixed because then they don't have a, a talking point. There you go. You know, some way to, to, to scare people. But I do think, like, just having, uh, it, you know, it does, it, I mean, when that happened with me, for example, mm -hmm. that kind of changed my mind about immigration. Because I'm like, okay, my, my, my daughter can't, can't she, she's, she's not allowed to have the same, it, uh, like, uh, she's not allowed to have. Let me ask you, I, I, I want to explore that. And, and, and uh, Bob and John, I'm coming to you, but Shannon just brought up something that I want to explore real quickly. Shannon, uh, you wanted your daughter to take a Spanish class, right? And yeah, I wanted her to just be in the immersion. An immersion like, class. Be in the ESL uh, what, class. Uh, what was the reason they gave you that she couldn't be in that class? They they just said she can't. She has to go into the regular class. We have we have a certain amount of kids in each class, and she's already assigned to that class. No, but what I mean is, was it was it some go. other reason? No, no other reason because that is where you, as a as a parent, have to go to the school board and say, absolutely not. We want our people to be immersed in these types of uh, in these types of. Because I think that is great having your daughter go into an immersion program and be bilingual. It's not only good for your daughter; it's good for the darn country, right? Yeah. So yes, that that's is what where, I wanted it. Well, that is. <laughs> 
that shouldn't change. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say this, Shannon, and then I got to let you go. That yes, shouldn't sir. change your idea on immigration. It should make you want to go to that uh, that meeting at the board and say, "Listen, my daughter, I want my. You know, you're you're culturizing your daughter, young lady, and that's what you want. And we need parents that are that have that that wherewithal to want to have their kids into several cultures. Kudos to you, girl. Okay. Oh, thank you. You have a wonderful rest of your day, <laughs> okay? okay? You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. All right, let's go to John, numero uno. John, come on in. Hey, how are you? Talk to me, sir. Hey, I'm, I'm just trying to... Um, I've, been, I've been wondering here for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. immigration, if you, if you totally look at immigration, um, I think the, the biggest problem we have is what's been happening is that we transferred most of the jobs because we we at some point ignored South America, yes, and Africa and all other countries. And what's happening is, you know, those little sombreros that used to be made in South America, those little purses sometimes in Peru. Yeah, yeah. What I found out is even the small micro um, business uh, uh, businesses were taken by the Chinese. Yes. So what's happening is, even when you go to those other countries. You know, if you go to other countries, like a third world countries, even the pots that were made in Africa are now being made in China. Let me tell so, you something. The, I want the truth ex- is that, yeah, yeah go ahead. No, you go, go ahead, ahead, sir. I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. So, so what's happening is, what are you going to do when the whole um, businesses have been absorbed by one country? It's our fault for having, for, to, uh, 10, for 10, 15 years, we focused on $4 trillion in Afghanistan a war that gave us absolutely nothing in return. Wow. An Iraq war. They gave us absolutely nothing in return. And instead, we're blaming China. Look, I go back to Africa. You know what they tell me? What has America done for us in the last 20 years? And they're right. Right. Because we imposed the IMF on, on, on third world countries with these stupid, stringent rules. And China went there. And you know what they did? They, they, they say, how much money do you need? Exactly. Just give me your airport. Just give me an airport or give me a port, and, and we're in business. And, and now we're waking up. We're all fighting each other. We're all looking at each other and blaming each other like, oh, Biden this, or, or Trump is blaming, make America great again. Well, let me ask him, where was America 20 years? Wow. Let me tell you something. Where has uh, John, America been? John, yeah. your statements are so profound. It's something that I've written about, and I'm so happy to hear somebody just come out and say it. Now, here's right. the deal. I'm from Panama originally, and you can find China right. in Panama. You can find, But here, here's what China has learned. China has learned how to do capitalism better than America. Think about that. Exactly. China exactly. has learned to do capitalism better than America. And it's not a, let, let me just say something here. And what they're doing is not a good thing because you just talk about the airport that's being built in Kenya, in Nairobi, or, or, the, or, yep. or, or the thing, the, the clothes factory. All of that right. is, in effect, exploitation of those people. But, you know, there are some that's going to make a whole lot of money. Some of the locals are going to make a whole lot of money. And ultimately, their infrastructure is going to be improved for that particular com- for that com- particular area of the country. And everything works right. fine and everybody's happy. But in the long run, it's the same thing that we've done as Americans all over the world as we've exploited. That is being done by the Chinese. Exactly. So they're just mimicking what we're doing on steroids. Right. Right. This freeway system is... 
you go to Africa, somebody says, oh, and they're meant to be wild animals. No. Let me tell you. No. If you go over there right now, <laughs> these freeway systems that they're building in Houston yes. are showing up everywhere in Africa. I know. But, you know, and, we don't. And Americans, yeah, Americans are sitting here thinking, oh, the wild is still revolving around us. Right. It doesn't. Right. Wake up. The world. It's just a matter of time before your U.S. dollar becomes ignored by, by Russia, Saudi Arabia, and there you go. You are going to be third world in the USA. I'm telling people every day. L- wake let me tell up. you, John. You're 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 red. That's all I can say. You are a, you're a red man. So keep keep up the good works. Keep listening, by the way, to the show. I, I have some more callers that I got to get in. Thank you. But I'd like to explore that. Man, you guys changed the subject completely today, but I love it. All right, let's go ahead and go on to Bob. Thank you, John. Bob, come on in. Uh, hi. Thank you uh, for having this conversation. It's very important and. Really good information is being said today. Talk to me, sir. What would you like to add? Well, and the prior caller, the one who was concerned about her daughter not being able to get into the Spanish uh, yes. class, uh-huh. I think that hit a really strong point because she seemed very well-intentioned. It did not seem like she was animus to immigrants or anything, but a lot of people, good intentional people, feel the same way. Oh, that immigrant is coming, and they're going to take my job or they're going right. to take my daughter's uh, spot. Right. And I think you pointed out a very good that the question is not the immigrant, but why does the school not have enough teachers? Why are they not paying the teachers enough and hiring qualified teachers to teach the children um, that, that we have? So I think um, we need to, how, how you said, immigration is great for America. It's a net positive, and it really is what makes this country uh, the best country in the world. It's, our, it's that we have allowed immigrants to come. So we need to use that to our advantage. And, yes, uh, just like any sort of economic growth, it does have challenges and it does cause uh, problems. But the question is we're not going to stop driving just because cars cause accidents. We, we put in rules and regulations, um, but... The main point is that uh, we should be asking why isn't the school hiring enough teachers? Why isn't the state government and the federal government funding the schools to to the amount that they need? Uh, And we could be taxing the immigrants. A lot of them work uh, more than 40 hours, and they they earn a lot of money by uh, the benefit that they're providing, and they're willing to pay taxes and um, we should be looking at solutions like that, well, in my opinion. Bob, Bob, uh, let me tell you something. I, I'm sitting down here listening to the callers that are calling in today, and all I can say is I am so damn impressed that we have such smart callers. Now, what I have to tell all the callers that are calling in here is please make your voice be heard. You are doing it right now by saying this on air as an individual American citizen that other American citizens can hear you and not have to go into a ball and think that peer pressure must keep them being the uh, anti-whatever, anti-they are. So you are a blessing in in, When you think about American citizens... When I say uh, I mean American people listening... The, the people, the immigrants are coming here because American citizens want and need them here. Right. There's people who are renting them houses, who are selling them houses. Thank you. Builders that are constructing the houses. They're selling uh, their goods, the washer, the dryer, uh, the groceries to them. They're working and they're producing and they're selling uh, stuff as well. Um, I've, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. that might be Republican or support Trump. 
and his immigration policy. Right. But they always say, we want to, why can't they come here legally? Except for that person who, who's married to my daughter. Uh, he came in here illegally, but he's a good person. Right. And he, support, uh, he has. Or not that Bob? person, but my, my employee, he's the best worker I have. Uh, I want him to be fixed. Uh, what do you mean? I can't just pay something and have him legalized? And unfortunately, uh, the immigration laws don't work like that. Bob, I appreciate but, your call. Bob, I got to go to Anthony, so I, I do appreciate your call. Keep listening. Keep talking. Tell folks about us. Let them know that there's a station here that has sensible discussion in a civil manner. And I want to tell. Thank you so thank you so kind. Let's go ahead and bring Anthony in. Thank you, Bob. All right, uh, we have on the chat Paul Fleming, Alistair Waters, Lee Grant. Welcome aboard, guys. Lee says, y'all, that guy in Houston who shot a criminal trying to rob the patrons at the Taqueria, he was the antitypical good guy with a gun. I know that is, I know somebody was going to tell me that at some point, but he's the exception and not the rule, Lee, but you're right about that. Let's see. Anthony, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Um... I'm, I, I I probably came in late. I'm on my lunch break, so I don't know if you guys discussed this already. But uh, most of the uh, world problems, especially like in Africa and South uh, America, mm-hmm. uh, the West created those problems by exporting, exploiting the people and their resources um, by going in and... Um, uh, especially in, you know, uh, gold uh, and uh, diamonds, mm-hmm. basically out of Africa. And they, their whole continent is, you know, pretty much a third world country. And because of being exploited for so many years, making the West rich, you know, it's like the roosters coming home to roost. Mm-hmm. And also in South uh, America, it was a book written by uh, an American CIA slash FBI guy. John Miller. So, uh, uh, the Coyotes. Yes. Uh, what was the name of that book? I, I don't remember the name of the book, but I know who you're, know what you're talking about. Right. So he, he exposed the whole thing, how it was basically uh, wink, wink, mm-hmm. American policy to go down there and, and keep them corrupt and steal the resources. Right. So, uh, you know, now these people, uh, instead of trying to really help these people, and, and, and so anyway, to fix this, it's going to take us investing money. I think you alluded to it earlier, but a lot of money to um, uh, uh, fix those countries. And so we, have, we may be scared that they're going to take the money and not do the right thing. So somehow or another make it where we have some fair uh, people to go down there and disperse the money uh, where it's best going to help the people and help their economy. You know, Anthony... You, you hit the nail on the head. We have to invest in these countries without the defense industrial conflicts. In other words, we don't have a problem sending $40 billion to, Iraq, I mean, to, um, to, uh, to uh, Ukraine. And, and by the way, uh, 
but we're ultimately that money is going to be funding the defense industrial complex. But let's try to fund humanity, which costs a hell of a lot less. We could, we could, we, let me, let, let's just use Guatemala as an example. If we didn't want to have another immigrant from Guatemala, and that's not what I'm saying, but let's say we didn't want to have another immigrant from Guatemala, we just would have to invest a few million dollars into Guatemala where a lot of these people that are running and uh, running for, for several reasons are, are actually invested in staying there. But we don't do that. That's not how uh, we, we think about, uh, you know, we, even here in the United States, we throw somebody in jail that cost us $60,000 to keep them in jail as opposed to investing $10,000 in them to create a productive citizens. We just do it wrong because there are a few people who make a lot of money of us doing it wrong. How much, uh, but do you have any numbers on uh, how much? Oh, you fell out, uh, Johnny, Anthony. And Johnny, uh, you're next. Is, how many millions uh, would you project? Uh, would you, and by the way, that would be the right thing. People don't come to America just because they just want the free stuff and they love America like that. They come into America because they want to live. Yes. It's a, it's a humane thing to do. Yes. And uh, uh, they don't want to live under uh, strict tyranny where, I mean, you're going to rape my daughter and kill my son, or we're going to pack up and go someplace better like America. And, uh, and, and by the way, in. and by the way, Anthony, Anthony, and isn't that what... Many of the Europeans who came to America did. They were running from something in their place, and they came here, right? The only difference is they came. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's what people do all over the world, right? Right. But That's why so many Africans are going into uh, Europe. Right. The Europeans exploited Europe, robbed them blind. Right. Anyway, that's all. Thank, thank you so kindly for your call, Anthony. You keep listening, and thank you for spending some time with us on your lunch break, okay? All right, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Okay, Johnny, come on in, Johnny. You know how Republicans love Democrats about... Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I just heard a shh right now after I started speaking, so yeah. let me start over. Do you know how Republican, Republicans love every time... Democrats talking about wanting to pass legislation that allocates money for programs for Americans that had help actual working class Americans and other Americans. They hate it. They they always yeah they hate it and they justify trying to get rid of it. Well, they don't justify. They use the tactic of saying, "Oh, the Democrats, you guys need to show us how you're going to pay for it." Right. They never do that with the military expenditures or when it comes to voting for a pay increase for members of Congress. Right. So this is what I'd like to see. You know when the uh, Florida governor DeSantis paid six hundred fifteen thousand dollars to relocate fifty migrants, the majority of whom were political asylum seekers right. from Venezuela. Venezuela, yeah. He used taxpayer money for that. He misallocated money out of the uh, five point eight billion dollar American Rescue Plan, which which is also COVID relief, right? Mm-hmm. He got the Florida legislature, his, his repo party pals in the Florida legislature, to take $12 million of that money right. and hand it over to him. So I suggest that uh, what Joe Biden should have done when he showed up in Texas to shake hands with that sorry excuse of a Texas governor in the wheelchair mm-hmm. earlier today or yesterday, that as soon as Ron, uh, as soon as, Ron, as, soon as uh, Greg Abbott 
passed that long tome of requests or demands to Biden that then he, Joe Biden takes it with a smile, shaking his hand, oh, thank you. And by the way, uh, uh, Mr. Abbott, I've got something for you. And he points to his aide. His aide walks up to, to them. The aide pulls out of his breast pocket a big manila envelope and hands it to the Florida gov- uh, the Texas governor. And then the Texas governor says, oh, what's this? And then uh, Joe Biden says, oh, that's a bill. So you guys can pay for that $12 million you stole out of the COVID <laughs> relief money. <laughs> Johnny, you all you never disappoint. You know that, Johnny? You Here's another thing. Never disappoint. Let's, let, let's do some simple math that even Republicans can understand. Okay, Republicans listening in, monitoring KPFT, get your little calculators out. Divide $12 million divided by 10,000 Republican Trumpeters. What does that come out to? That comes out to $1,200 fines per Trumpeter. So, before we send them off to D.C. jail to serve out their time, we have to take $1,200 from their bank accounts or, liquid, or some other liquid asset that we can uh, turn into money to put into the Treasury and then funnel it back where it belongs. How's about that? It's interesting. Hey, Johnny, earlier on, the sh- on, on, uh, on Steve Jolly's show, you mentioned a book by Miller. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Steve Hunter? Yeah. But yeah. What's Confessions the name of-, of an Economic Kit Man. By... By uh, uh, ex-CIA uh, guy, uh, John Perkins. Yeah. Perkins. Perk- I mean Perkins. I meant Perkins. Is it John Perkins? Perkins. Yeah, it's Perkins. I interviewed, the reason I, I brought that up, because I was listening to you this morning, I interviewed John Perkins on his new book a couple of years ago. That guy, it's, I'm going to play it on my other show. He's a fascinating guy, and he had the entire story. I interviewed him. We got along gr- great in that interview. You got to check it out at politicsonright.com. Hey, you, fo- interview, you and all the KPFT hosts uh, perpetually uh, talk to fascinating, interesting people, relevant people. And I always chide the NPR local uh, station here. <laughs> I always tell them, hey, you guys need to update your Rolodex. All right. Putting on people like Pete Peterson, uh, who's dead now. Well, Pete, look, there's another Peterson out of Canada that drives me crazy with the way he talks about conservatism, but that's for another day. But, Johnny, look, I got to go to David, and then I want to at least spend a, a good eight minutes or so on what the subject was supposed to be about today. But you guys own the show, so you all can change it at will. Thank you so kindly for Why calling. Why not the Republicans think they own us? All right, brother. You have a great day, okay? Thank you, Johnny. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to David. David, how are you doing today, sir? Good morning, Egberto. Good morning. Hey, I was listening to your uh, to you this morning talking to Steve Hunter. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, we the issue of sanctions. Some another caller talked about sanctions in respect to countries like Cuba and Venezuela. Right. Well, there's an interesting insight that we can gain concerning why America institutes sanctions. Mm-hmm. We're a very powerful we're one of the most powerful economic forces on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. When we issue sanctions against other countries, it usually results in them, and it raises great difficulties for them. It sure does. Because parts of the issue of sanctions are stuff like boycotts and, and, uh, and embargoes and stuff like that. But here, let, let me give you a little insight. I remember this, hearing about this from when uh, Richard Nixon and his, his uh, foreign, his assistant, Henry Kissinger, this was shortly, a few years after uh, Salvador Allende was elected as president of Chile. Mm-hmm. Well, 
they, when, when El Salvador started to nationalize certain industries in a country because co- corporations like Anaconda Copper and Coca-Cola right. were really abusing their privilege in that country to access resources. And so Avende said, there's enough of this. And then he nationalized them. And, well, you know, Salvador and they had, had somewhat of a socialist mm-hmm. position, and Nixon was totally uh, averse to that, man. There was no way we were going to allow this. Well, Nixon said, he basically said this. Him and Kissinger got together, and he said, we cannot allow this example to stand. Mm-hmm. And what he was referring to was the fact that Salvador Allende was elected. He, he, went, he was he was was equally democratically elected by the people of Chile. Well, in respect to the issue of, 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 of a legal democratic election, Nixon and Kissinger said that's what the what his reference to we cannot allow this example to stand was. The next thing they said was, let's make their economy scream. Right. And that's what it instituted the sanctions and the... And the, and the uh, the, the inserted systems which would which would practically destroy the economy in order to cause the people to rise up against Allende and and they and killed him and then we did. got Pinochet. Yep, yep. Yeah, they, they they then they then they sent in the CIA to support Pinochet with 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 American arms and yes. and, and and advisors and stuff. And next thing you know, they assassinated Allende mm-hmm. and, and 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 staged a military coup and, and supported a dictator many- for Pinochet. But here's the thing, and and I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, I, I want everybody who are listening to me right now to consider getting a book called uh, "The Shock Doctrine" by Naomi Klein. And the shock doctrine explains what uh, Milton Friedman and his Chicago boys did to economies all throughout South America and Asia. Because what you get a flavor of is, you know, we think we think that all of this is by accident. We think that all the people fleeing South America and Central America is all an accident. These are real uh, problems that our economic system created. And there's another thing that you kind of alluded to, David, that I, I'm asking you, to, that I wanted to get in there, which is important. And welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. I wanted to um, uh, brought, bring that up. And that is, whereas, the, and, and actually it came from what the, the, one of the guys who called earlier, when he talked about the IMF instituting rationing around the world and, you know, yeah, and world, lending them the money bond, the that they have to pay back in yeah, dollars. Yeah. And the problem is America can have infinite debt Without inflation, that's not an exact statement. I mean, I know infinite debt would give you inflation, but we can, because we have sovereign currency, we can borrow, borrow, borrow. Our borrowing is not like a credit card borrowing. We create the money, so we can borrow as long as we have the economy to sustain, you know, what the money that we print. Unfortunately, for South Africa or for Zimbabwe or for Kenya, when they borrow in U.S. dollars, it's not their money, so they have to trade their goods for U.S. dollars to pay back. That is the worst situation any country could find itself in. And that's why, for all practical purposes, I tell folks, I I think all these foreign countries should just go ahead and default. Every one of them should default to the IMF. Every single one of them. Go ahead. Two more things I want to bring up before I go. Number one, Greg Powers was in in Venezuela. Yes, that's my friend, you know. Yeah, I know he was in, in Venezuela when the coup against Hugo Chavez 
was initiated, and, yeah. and he talked about it. And then uh, this country, the politics in this country really go out of their way to avoid having to admit that they actually institute coups against people. Mm -hmm. But uh, when Aristide was run out of Haiti, mm -hmm. that was a coup that was initiated by George Bush. Yeah the second Bush, and then there was the coup against Manuel Zelaya in, uh, in, in, in Honduras, mm -hmm. which uh, a guy named Lanny Griffith, who was a buddy of Hillary Clinton, they staged the coup, and Obama desperately tried to redefine it to, to make it appear that it wasn't a coup, so they could keep on providing military assistance to the corrupt government in, in uh, Guatemala. David, so, you know, yeah. I, like I tell people all of the time, my listeners on whatever subject, I think I have listeners on just about every subject, and you guys are uh, smart as hell. Anyway, let me go ahead and I get uh, into, let's see, I think uh, uh, Tori wants to say something real quickly. Tori? Yeah, I just wanted to add to what David said. He was very correct on all the motivations in Chile about the U.S. corporations right. uh, getting uh, basically nationalized, but the number one was AT&T. Allende wanted to nationalize the phone system, which was run by AT&T, mm -hmm. and AT&T has long history with the CIA. It was AT&T that really was the straw that broke the camel's back. They went to the CIA and Nixon's CIA and requested intervention, and that's pretty much what, you know, what happened. made it happen. All right. Well, look, thank you very much for that. Uh, thank you very much for that. Too. Okay, folks, you can go to politicsunright.com slash newsletter for what the subject of the show was about today today it turned into an immigration show it turned into a many other kinds of uh, topic show but i i want to just read a portion of um what the show is about today and please i ask you so kindly to read these newsletters the, and because again we put a lot into making sure that we come here with a with a prepared narrative and i tell you what i think where we're going is to enlighten us all. But anyway, the title of the show today was The Answer to These Questions Can Make Us uh, Who We Want to Be. We Cannot Solve Our Problems Without Answering a Few Profound Questions. Understanding the whys leads us to solutions that can create our utopia. After watching the de debacle on Friday where we made a fool of ourselves throughout the world as they viewed the dysfunction in electing the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Worse was his acceptance speech where he laid out Republicans' priorities. His speech clearly shows we will accomplish little if their policies are affected. Of course, six Republicans could join Democrats to accomplish much, but that is unlikely. Last year, I wrote the book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It. There are times when I turn off all the lights in my studio and meditate. I ask a whole lot of questions within the ethos. I asked the following questions in the introduction, and I want you to think about some answers, and maybe over the period of several, uh, several other shows, We'll talk about these answers, the answers to these questions. But do you hear the profound questions? Why do most Americans continue to accept a system that moves so slowly in empowering one group after another? 
Why do Americans support politicians who refuse to establish a healthcare system that takes care of all its citizens like every major industrialized country in the world? Why do Americans support a criminal justice system unfair to people of color and all the poor even though their, their country preaches morality to the rest of the world? Why do Americans continue to tolerate an unequal educational system where public education is proportional to the wealth of the school district where one resides? Why do Americans accept a public college system that leaves most students in debt? Why do Americans give corporations the same rights we give human beings? Why do Americans allow politicians to spend more than the next nine or so countries combined for a defense we will never need or could ever use? Why do Americans allow politicians to build toll roads, allowing private corporations to tax us for roads that should be built from taxpayer dollars? Why do Americans allow the working person's income to be taxed at a higher rate than investment income? Why do Americans allow deregulation at the expense of their health and clean environment? Why do Americans support an economic system that benefits corporations and business over people? The most important question, of course, is why did America, the country must, most grew up revering, fall from grace? Why did America elect the likes of Donald Trump? A utopia is an imagined society with perfect qualities for all its citizens. An American utopia is a society where we create policies that give everyone equal access to success and happiness. So, let's create that society. Folks, I um, have about a minute more to go here before I got to get out of Dodge. So what I want to do, first of all, is thank you all for becoming a part of the family here at KPFT. Please remember to go to kpft.org and, and just go ahead and say that I, I want to support a program that supports us all. That's KPFT and what we bring you. Go to kpft.org, hit that donate button, and say, yes, we are going to support a program that really believes in us because that is who we are here. We're a bunch of volunteers of all stripes that come together to do what's necessary. When it's time for me to cut out of here, uh, Tori, go ahead and start the music, please, when it's my time. But anyhow, uh, it's, uh, it's important, it's important, it's important for us to stay supported. Go to, polit uh, to, to kpft.org and support us best you can. And to read the newsletter that I, that I diligently prepare Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, that's generally the topic of the show, please go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. I think um, we are coming close to the end. And in, in that process, I want to say my name is... Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.